Welcome back to Bash University Live. I, I want you to pull up that image, uh, Rich, because I want to brag to Carl. Um, <laughs> this is this is our crew uh, doing a cleanup on the Delaware oh, River uh, with the Delaware River Estuary. estuary yep. uh, and Craig uh, is a board member of that group <laughs> that, that helped put this together. And that's our own Jocelyn and Carol. Who else is in that? That picture? was Dawn. Uh, Dawn. Dawn used to be with us at the Ike Foundation. And that day we collected over 1200 pounds of trash yes and it was only an hour so yeah. an hour worth of wow. your time just to wow. do yeah all delaware's wow. target rich for trash cleanup productive area it was just a small section and we got a lot done within an hour so awesome. it, it, was, it felt it, great today. it felt it felt amazing yeah, yeah. and we, we we so we i wanted to just brag to you Carl and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we had some cool comments. We did. Um, ben, our subscriber, said entry fee for a derby should be two full bags of trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And then uh, Frogman Scott said maybe a lunker win for the biggest bag of trash, too. There you go. Oh, yeah, every little bit helps. And yeah. then our subscriber BKG said, uh, BKJ said, I carry a mechanical grabber and bags in my truck. And after every tournament, weigh in, walk around the ramp, and pick up trash. A clean ramp is a happy ramp. Oh, Amen to that. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, we appreciate that's, you. That's that's <laughs> great. And this is the kind of influence you're having out there, Carl. So, so keep it up. I love the the you know leave. I was taught to leave it better in a better condition than when you got there. Uh, always yeah. try to pick up a, a little something extra. And I'm sad to say, when I was a little boy, when we were fishing out in the bay. We used to do stuff that was just unbelievable. Like we would take soda bottles and fill them up with water and let them drop. You know, it was just, mm -hmm. it was like, that was the culture. You know, yeah. it was, it was now when I was young, it was like the 1700s. So <laughs> it's a long time ago. The, the sales they were up. Even, they yeah. didn't even have plastic. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't yeah. have plastic. It yeah. hadn't been invented. It was, a, it was a glass milk jar. <laughs> just thinking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, so man. now we're busy. We're busy cleaning all that stuff up, and uh, and we're happy to uh, that you're doing it and and leading the charge, Carl. But we you're leading the charge to the to the classic. I know, uh, you know, Riz is talking to me all the time about you know, fear my heart. That's your that's your logo. That's your uh, signature statement. And uh, man, you've you've been through a lot. We all have. If you've ever done this sport, man, it's peaks and valleys. Yeah. <laughs> And man, you're here. You're you're in the classic, man. It's gotta feel awesome. Yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a mission, but man, worth every uh, worth every setback, everything that's happened. You know, it's happened for a reason, and it's made a. It's made this classic. You know, just it's hard to explain how insane it kind of is that I'm that I'm actually gonna be there. That's uh, growing up in another country, living in Australia for 26, 27 years of my life and watching this sort of, st watching Bassmaster on the TV, it's just, it, it just seems insane. I mean, from a little town in Toowoomba, Queensland, and now I'm about to actually compete, made it through the Bassmaster elites, beating the top guys in the world and then getting there. And, um, and it just shows that if you're determined enough and you don't quit, you can actually get there. But man, what a, it'll put you through the ring. I try trying to make sure you want it. That's for sure. <laughs> would, where are you now? As far as like, like your, your progression as an angler from when you first came over and you first started fishing competitively 
on tour in the US, you know, I, I don't I can't recall exactly what year it is, but I, I know it's been a good little while now. Like how far have you come since that to now? It's probably you can't even put it on a on a measure, you know. It's didn't from not having a clue what I was doing, like nowhere near the caliber of angler you have to be to compete. It's um it's kind of what I guess um not inspires me but motivates me, I guess, to um with this sport is like you just how consistently you can get better if you want to there's never a cap there's never an end to it you can continually build and get better and that's probably been my biggest not secret but I've just always progressed always looking how do I get better what can I do I've never wanted to stay like stationary or this is good enough or I made it to the elites that's enough at least I did that I just keep coming and keep going and going and through doing that um it takes a long time and you don't see it. Like if I sort of right now, if I think about it, I'm like, I don't know. I always think I was decent back then and I kind of knew and I think I know now, but if you actually stretched it out over that 10 years, I'd be a hundred times the angler, I guess I was from back then. Um, not only like angling ability and techniques, but probably mental, the, the age and going through all of those trials Um just you just keep it's like it's just keep putting brick on brick on brick and you're building like the foundations i think if you don't have those foundations when those big things come things that used to knock me to the ground and you know would put me out whether it was in a tournament or just in everyday life would make a big difference where now it it takes a lot to even do anything to me like I, I know that you've got to have that hard mentality of how it's going to be and life's not always going to be great you're going to have those ups and downs and dealing with those downs and then continuing continuing to move forward through them you see the peaks come after it and um, a lot of people just it's a struggle to get through the because it's not just one little thing over a month it's, it can be it can be years of getting beat down and to be able to survive that and come out the other side is so valuable. It's just, but you can only do it. You can only realize it if you do it because generally people will stop right before that. And the only thing I did different is I just kept going. Could you put your finger on maybe one moment or one event or one season where you kind of had that 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 shift, that pivotal shift, where you realized like, I have to keep going, I have to keep keep working. Like, was there a moment in time that stands out to you that kind of, you know, where you really embraced and embodied that fear my heart mentality? Um, it's it's pretty hard to think about anything other than like the ten killer win. That was when the ball dropped of like, holy crap, I have done everything correctly. Even though right before that win, it was like, you don't, you, you never knew what you're doing. Are you, is it ever going to happen? Am I doing everything right? Um, do I just keep plugging along? Do I need to make these drastic changes? You're like constantly trying to figure that out. And then that was that pivotal moment with like, 
I was on the right track. I was doing everything. And then finally it showed me just that one. This is why you had all of those setbacks. This is why you had never won. This is why you got kicked out of the elites and kept coming back. It was for that. And so, but until you get that moment, it feels very, um, you feel very like, sort of lost in a way of like I'm just going through the motions but all I know how to do is do that and that's all I did I just went through the motions I just kept getting up kept getting up and I just did it and did it and did it and then until that moment hit that was the one where it was like everything made sense (laughs) the last nine years my whole career it just all made sense it just went bang that's what you'd been doing it for and so it's probably probably that moment in the other moments, it was, you know, I've had so many downs of like getting kicked out and missing out and going broke and having to go home and fighting those things. They kind of suck because you're just like, you don't know what's going to come. And is it going to be worth the work? Are you going to get that big breakthrough? But I feel like as long as you have the right, you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing it because you love it and you're passionate and you just keep, keep doing it. There's, I don't think there's anything that can really get in your way. Be very afraid of the man that never quits. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it's hard to beat someone that never quits. That's, that's no a, a pretty solid statement. I think we're talking to that man right now, and uh, and that that's pretty amazing. Um, and by the way, uh, you got to go check out uh, Carl's all of his stuff at Bash University. Uh, that he's done with us over the years. Some really amazing stuff. Landing big fish, giant swim baits for giant tournament bass, uh, fishing the glide. Um, so much over the available that you've done with us. And we appreciate all the lessons that, that you've brought to the Bass University program over the years. But my favorite, I don't know what your favorite, I bet I might be your favorite too, but my favorite know what mine is. was on the Harris chain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unloaded on them. <laughs> That was super cool. I still tell people about that spot, you know, of how specific that spot was. You know, yeah. it was, I've never, I've still never found a spot. That was literally the, one of the coolest things that I've, that I've ever seen. I've never, like, that helps me with Florida and helps you understand how Florida fishes a lot and how it can fish. There was, for people that haven't seen it, it was a clump of grass, probably the size of my boat. And there was grass everywhere. And there was lots of isolated patches, but this one patch must have had hundreds of bass on it. And I caught 40 every morning off of it two days in a row in the open. And my co-angle at the back basically didn't catch a bass. I was pretty mean, but I couldn't allow him to cast there because there was eight pounders in there. And that's what it took to, to win. And it was such a specific cast everywhere, all around the boat, not a single bass this one cast was like every cast. And then on the Monday we went back out with the Bass University and we did the same thing and the same thing pretty much happened. That's, that's amazing. It, it, <laughs> was, it was amazing to watch it because you're getting set up on it and you got your 360 running and, and it was kind of, you know, I'm was new to it at that moment. And we're looking and you're like, if I make, I just, I think you might've made one cast that missed the target. I yeah. can't remember. And then, then you're like, I'm on the target, and boom, there he was. And, Felt uh, the grass, yeah. And yeah. you went all through that grass that ate it. And it was in like 10 foot of water. And 
was using a three quarter ounce chatterbait and it was getting down deep and you know yeah <laughs> yeah it yeah, was you got to go check that's exactly right because it was that heavy chatterbait and you were you were feathering it like yeah you know, your rod all, all that stuff well it's all here at Bash. Yep. You, you guys can go watch this and uh and and learn from it but that yeah that that was my top uh top moment from you for bash university now you now you talked about learning peaks and valleys did um you know what what do you think you overcame was it, is there any techniques that like you were weak at that now you're strong at is there uh, uh is, is that what you had to do to get over the hump was fill in some of those weaknesses yeah, for sure. That you know, there was lots of that. There it was it's almost just too much to to take in. There's there's a lot that you've got to fix, but like um, technique wise was huge. You know, I hadn't done a lot of the techniques. This is what's interesting about sort of coming from Australia, I guess, or and not having the experience here, is the techniques that I'd never used in Australia are some of the ones that I'm the best at now, and so. And okay. what, I put, what I put that down to is, one, it was exciting and it was new. And that makes a big difference in anything you get. I think oh, yeah. when it comes to fishing, the worst thing that can happen to some of these older guys is get burnt out, get in a, get in a rhythm of like, this is how it goes and be happy with how you fish those techniques. That's one of the biggest killers of, of a professional angler i feel like is just getting that sort of getting too comfortable and this is what i do and they're not um they're not expanding their arsenal and continually looking for that new thing the guys that do that you see those those are the guys that stay at the top at the cutting edge and so for me when i got i'd never fished a jig in my life it just doesn't it didn't work in australia i'd tried it and when I got here and I got those jig bites and I got the swing and the way I felt the bottom and it was big fish, I just dove into it hard and I just consumed tons of content and I fished with a lot of guys. And then I just got on the water and just learnt it. And that I've won more money on a jig than any other technique. Mm. And uh, I'd never done it. So for someone, I guess the learning lesson there is if you live here in the US and you're becoming a fisherman and you're older or whatever, that it's never too late to dive into a brand new technique and study it and try and get better at it. Um, so that was a, that was a big thing. It had a, a lot of my favorite techniques are ones that I hadn't really done before. That'll that's something that'll like reignite your interest and your fire. And like it's amazing how just getting one bite on a new technique catching one fish can yeah. make all the difference in the world Changes like you. like you get that first bite and you're like man i can really do this right. like it's, mm -hmm. and it gives you the confidence to throw it for 15 20 more casts yeah. right yeah. and then yeah. you catch another one and then you catch another one another one. and that, that's what starts like that whole progression carl was there was there anything that you brought over from australia that that was like, you know, because you're over there, you're fishing for barramundi and crocodiles and whatever else you guys are fishing for. <laughs> giant, Crocodile. giant uh, horn nosed toads. I don't know what they are, but um, was there like, was there something that you brought over? Like, is that maybe why you're so big with the big swim baits or, or is there a translation there? A little bit of that with the big swim baits, just because our Murray cod and stuff, I'd thrown big swim baits, big spinner baits. 
and sort of chase giants. And I understand that it, it takes a lot to cast and lots of time. And you got to put in those hours to like, to turn over a sort of a special fish. So that's what really got me into the glides and big baits more. Um, but there was, we have lots of techniques, just me and Gussie going home this time. The Aussies are just, they, they progress quick and they watch a lot and then they utilize it. And we learn a lot just going home fishing for Barra this time. Um, but yeah, there was, I never got a technique like sort of like the Japanese guys where they would have something from there and it would just annihilate them here. Yeah. I, I have a few of those things, but like the land ratio would be bad and I would have to try and adjust it that way. Um, like, you know, we use a lot of soft vibes in Australia. So, um, what are they over here? Everyone uses lipless, you know, lipless crankbaits and they have rattles or silent, but we have soft vibes. So it's like a soft plastic lipless crankbait, no rattle, supernatural. Um, and so I've caught a ton of fish on them, but they're fairly heavy in the way they are, but I've, that's one technique where I smash them on it, but the land ratio is not real fun because you generally have to fish it on braid with leader to get like a hard snap either off the bottom or out of the grass. The fluorocarbon just has that bit of stretch. And so when you get a big smallie on or largey and they play up and they jump, when it's heavy on the head like that with trebles, they just tend to throw it. And so... You know, I, there's a bit of tweaking there that I've had to do with a few, but we, we have a lot of techniques, but we do emulate quite a bit of the American techniques into Australia and we just adjust them. We're actually probably 50-50 Japan and America and sort of combined. We're a lot more on the finesse side of things actually for our bass and, and our some of our species. Even the barra are very finicky, like they're huge. And they're aggressive and they're crazy, but you actually have to kind of finesse them in a way. Uh, that's uh, that's amazing stuff, except for the part about the old guys getting set in their ways. Is he talking about us, CD? I don't know. I, I my son fished college, and uh, like you know, and, and some of the coaches on that level, which I thought was kind of cool, is that they would have little one-hour derbies, but it would be one technique. So it was like the derby was a jig derby or the der derby was a frog derby, right? And and it kind of forces you. It kind of yep. forces you out of your comfort zone too. Mm -hmm. But I, but it is it is interesting when you get a new technique, the passion that comes through, and you know what I mean. It just ignites yeah. you yep. to, to start really wondering where it. you can do it, how many different ways you can fish your it. Your weakness right. becomes your strength all of yeah. a sudden. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and then yeah. you're just like, oh man, I don't have the right rod for this. I better get this. I better get that. And all of a sudden, you start diving in so deep, and it's like all of a sudden it becomes your technique then at that point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is there some Carl that you're uh, going to take on in 2023? Is there a, is there a part of your game that you're like, man, I, I got to get this dialed in better? Yeah, for sure. I'm always I'm always working on it, and I get I'm get, I'm getting lucky that I get to fish with more anglers and talk to more anglers. Like it's been amazing to get be friends with Brandon and Gussie and Gerald and all of these guys. I'm, I'm I've gotten sort of around and we get to share info, you're passionate about fishing. And um, the cool thing with, with, uh, with G man is he, he's um, his knowledge of exactly what, what and why and how is so extensive. It, it would take me a lifetime to get 
that knowledge. Like he knows, you know, when the cottonwoods are doing this and they bloom and this happens, this is what they're doing and why with deer and fish, the watercolors, he knows almost like the science behind it, I guess. And then if, and then I'm always hungry for like the latest technique, the newest thing, something sneaky, a different technique. And so I get to talk to Gerald about that and he gets pumped up and he thinks of an idea of that. And then he gets to teach me like the why that is happening. And I get to take that in. Um, that's been the biggest thing like that I'm always trying to take in is like when these little things happen around the country, this is what the fish are doing. The baits doing this, this, the thread fin do this at this time. And that's why the bass are going to do this. Um, but probably my biggest weakness has always been cranking and exactly why what we just spoke about, about passionate and being exciting. I, I don't like it that much for some reason. I just don't get that excited about cranking. So I'm not that good at it. That's all it is. And I need to do it more and get more passionate about it. And I'll become better at it. I love jig fishing. I love frog fishing. I love glide bait fishing. So I'm good at it. That's, that's what it comes down to. Mm, yeah. Well, and w- when you get done cleaning up all those bridges with the riprap, man, just fire that crankbait <laughs> down there. Yeah. <laughs> that, might be the, that might be the real reason I'm cleaning them up. I'm like, I keep yeah. my jig and crankbait key getting caught. I'm going to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of cleaning off these white fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that, well, we've, we've got a lot of crankbait nuts in the house, but that's, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. That's, well, well that's awesome to keep growing and identifying that and uh and that is obviously really going to help you you're going to the classic um man at how what do you what are you thinking what are you feeling uh you know i i mean it's super exciting to get there but there's a big tournament going on that week <laughs> yeah it's good it's uh i get you know it's crazy to just it's crazy to think about you know 15 years ago more than that when i was 15 years old and it's happened to me each year and every now and again i would think about me being in the classic and i would have to hold back tears and i would get and i would be like 15 years old and i'm not even in america i've never been out of australia and i could imagine it and to think that i'm actually going to be there i've had i've had a song picked out that I want to imagine me coming through the classic, you know, for 10 years. And um, just to think about that, I'm actually going to be there. My family's going to be there, friends. There's, there's, I think there's already about 40 Australians that have booked in to come over, which yes. is awesome. huge because, you know, it's expensive and it's a mission to get over here. So to think about seeing the Aussie flag in the, in the crowd and just all of that, but, you know, I'm just going to soak it all in. But the real deal is, you know, i got to concentrate on the fishing. And so I put a lot of time in um, before the cutoff. Um, I spent quite a bit of time over there and just um, driving around, just looking in low water conditions. And it kind of excites me. I think I can get, you know, if we get the right conditions, a few things can go my way and um, I can put myself in contention. But I always told Kayla, the first classic I make, I'm going to win. <laughs> no, I've always said that. Oh, get it. So, awesome. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, you never know, you know, it's always, it's one of those things where you sort of, th- sometimes you think, man, would that be actually me? But why, why, why can't it be me? That's why, it. Yeah, why, why not you? Visualize why not? it, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's one I, thing you yeah. definitely learned from your brand, your, your buddy, Brandon. I mean, he he's big on the, the visualizing and the, you know, you have to see yourself walking across that stage with the winning bag. And, yeah. you know, the fact that you, you know, how, how tight you and him have become, that's a, that's an awesome, awesome influence for sure. And visualize it, bro. Make it happen. Let's yeah. It's me fired up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get bloody goosebumps, hair stands on the back of my neck <laughs> every time I think about it. It's, um, it's going to be, it's going to be something special. I, I, I just, I cannot wait. It's, it's, it's going to come, it's going to come, but I'm going to try and soak in every second of, um, of when I'm there. Well, just, you know, go check out Gussie's holes. For, yeah, uh, <laughs> Gussie might be Gussie might be hard to beat, you know. He might. He's probably going to have a few. Uh, he'll probably have a few friends with him this time round if they're still there. But um, you know the conditions and the weather, and there's going to be that's. It's a cool arena. There's so much that can happen there. There's um. There's a lot of variables and a lot of like stuff that hasn't doesn't get fished or hasn't been those fish i think you're going to see probably one of the coolest classics um ever just because of the versatility of that place and kind of how tough it is is it's a it's a tough fishery to figure out that it, it you hit the nail on the head there it is tough but it is a cool classic to watch as yeah. a spectator like i remember last time they were there um in 2019 2018 or 19 i i remember because we were working the bashu booth and and Ike did well in that one. And just the yeah. the sheer different ways that guys were catching them was, was incredible, you know, and, and there's nothing more rewarding than getting on, like getting on the deal on a tough body of water. Like that, that yeah. is, that is such, such a good feeling. How, how do you go into a tournament like that where, you know, it's going to kind of be like a, a, a grinder. It's not just going to be a slug fest. Like what's your mentality going in when you know, it's going to, it's going to take a really, really hard effort to get it done. That's kind of uh, my favorite, you know, that's what I've, I've always liked. It's just, it's so hard to do well when everyone's comfortable, the sun's out, the yep. fish are biting, they're all doing like predictable things. And, um, you have to then have you have to find the juice on top of the juice on top of something special to win. And the classic's all about winning. That doesn't sound hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that and then yeah, and then you have to have like like you have to be running in going like I had the most miracle day fishing ever to to um to even be in contention. But when it's tough and it's a grinder, you can have those you can just be like, you can have a solid day because you put your head down and you, you ground them out and you come in and you're like, I'm in contention. I'm doing the right things I'm putting. So I actually really like that because I feel like I can stay focused and fish harder in those like super hard, tough conditions, just make more casts, be in the right areas. And it just feels better when you, when it's tough like that and you find something, it's, that's the special moment for me. Like yep. when, when it's, when it's fishing good, you, you catch a five pounder and you throw back and you catch another four and you're like, that's, a, that's a decent spot. There's a few there, but like now I got to find this other one. That's like that too. Cause someone else, someone might be there when it's a grinder and you get those couple clues, you're like, Oh, that's, that's big. You know, that's mm -hmm. huge for this, 
this tournament because it's going to be tough like that. That's why I like it. So in the mentality of that, I go into it just looking for that one clue to be like, I know what I'm able to do if I can find that clue. What does your like night before a tournament routine look like? Cause like, I know everybody's kind of got a different approach. Um, what, what, what's yours? Um, it's pretty, you know, we're going to treat the classic at, like an elite series event, but we, um, we're in the Lance camper. We have a Lance truck right. camper. Um, we park it, we have the boat and truck beside it. And, um, we've got our little daughter Riv now and, um, she's just amazing. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty similar. You know, we, we cook, we eat, we, I, I study, um, I generally eat good, you know, through the actual tournament, but it's pretty routine. I try and get that, my sleep in, I try and eat good and I try and study and come up with a plan. I don't, I get up super early and I'm on the water really early. Um, but I've backed off going dark till dark. I generally get off the water in some, in winter I go dark to dark cause they're short days and you have right long long nights um but in summer i've backed off fish until eight nine o'clock i'll generally put a cap on it till seven because i actually find i find it more important to come off the water in non-tournament hours and do off the water study get my like i don't like going back out in the water and i've got all the same baits on that i used the day before that maybe didn't work and i'm gonna throw them again somewhere else i like to come in and prep my boat again oh, i'm gonna rig that i'm gonna change that chatterbait to a 3.8 that half was a bit heavy i'm gonna try that color it was dirty in that creek i'm gonna mix up my baits i'm gonna put it away get everything set and on charge and come in and then come up with a game plan that night i'm not rushing i'm not getting in the shower and trying to go to bed and it's like 10 at night and the alarm set before i'm relaxed i'm looking for a game plan and the next morning i've got my alarm set i know the ramp i'm going to go to and i've come up with a good plan to make like the next day valuable when i'm going out i'm not just driving out from the camper on a whim going like oh, i'll just do this i want to have a good game plan so i'm an early starter um but of, of the last two years of haven't gone dark till dark through those summertime events. Yeah. That's, that's a long day. Mm -hmm. That's a, and I, I, I appreciate what you're talking about. Cause I've, I've, I prioritize sleep. It's well, it's important uh, yeah. for my game. And so I have to, that's how I decide when to get off the water. I'm like, yeah. no, all right. I, I gotta be off by this time in order to work on gear a little bit get food and fuel or whatever I need and yep. still leave myself enough sleep time uh, where I can be sharp the next day. You, you, you've got your system really, really dialed in. And uh, it's obvious that's why you're, you're having so much success. You, you got to do um, the biggest thing, you know, probably a lesson learned um, is you, I would watch Ike and I would watch, Aaron Martins and and these guys and I would try and do what like I would look at success and you have to do this in a certain yeah. this is a good thing to do in certain ways is look at how someone made it look at how they've been successful and try and emulate that that's not a bad plan you should do that you can learn lessons you can become better at what you're doing by doing that but also you got to do what works for you and so I've always when I've learned a technique of someone I've always learned it and then i've like put my own little swing on it that might i might right. do something a little bit different and so 
I've looked at that and some people can survive off four or five hours of sleep or less. Some people don't need it. Some people need 10. You know, I know where my sweet spot is. If I get that amount of sleep, I'm firing on all cylinders the next day. I'm going, I'm able to fish all day. You're useless if you're out there and you're sleepy and you're tired. You're not, you may as well not even be out there. You're not being efficient. You're not stopping on spots that would look good that you normally would. You need to be fishing and feeling at a hundred percent. For me, I need that this amount of sleep. So that's when I decided like being dark till dark and being in a rush and getting back and covering the boat and fueling the boat up the next morning and being in a panic, that doesn't work for me. I want to be, I like to be organized. I like my stuff to be right. And so I had to make a decision and it was hard for me. Like when I'm getting off at seven and it's dark at nine and there's boats at the ramp, it's tough. Like, I'm like, am I screwing up now? Am I being the, am I being, you know, am I being that guy that's getting off? It's seven o'clock. I've been out here since four. What do I, what do you do? And you, I've had to let that go and say, no, I'm putting priorities in my, in my court. This is what works for me. I'm getting off. Right. I'm not being lazy. I'm not just getting off because I want, I'm getting off because I'm going to be more efficient. I'm going to. It's a strategy. You're yeah. more you're productive off with a strategy. Yeah. I'm going to be more productive by doing this. I'm more productive by getting off now and doing my homework off the water and ready for another day the next day. Yeah, there's yeah. something to be said for like the comfort, the comfort that comes with knowing your stuff is perfect, like knowing your gear is perfect, knowing your boat's perfect. And that's as simple as just remembering to plug the damn thing in. Like, yeah, you know, they, 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 if you forget to do that, you're done. Like, and, yeah. and honestly, and I'm saying that because I've done it before and everybody has. But just, you know, having your gear and everything perfect and a lot of what Carl is saying right now, actually, I one of our one of our seminars for this year is going to be from Drew Cook. And uh, the topic of his seminar is called Grind It to the Dust. And Carl is saying a lot of the exact things that Drew and I talked about in you know, his, his prep call for that seminar and that you got to control the controllables. You got to make sure that you're going into, into the tournament in the correct frame of mind, understanding what works best for you. And that's why in those grinder type tournaments, chances are, if you have everything lined up and dialed in that you can control, you're going to do much better than if you're out there scrambling around trying to piece the puzzles together you know if, if if everything's if everything that you can control on your rig on your boat on your lines is squared away you're comfortable man because you know you know going into it that you've yeah. done your part yeah and being efficient on the water you know the next day when it's tournament time i don't like wasting any time seconds count one cast can change your life um, that's how, that's how bass fishing is and has, has always been, um, lost the boys. Um, but, um, we still got you. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, here. You are, our, our, uh, AV system is being, you know, okay. deconstructed right now. We're good. Yeah. That, that efficiency on the water of casting, you know, is, is big making those casts, um, and just being efficient and not wasting time when the talks, when the clock is ticking, that's when <laughs> you want those baits ready to roll all the rod. I have a lot of rods out because I know I want to be efficient. I want to be able to just reach down, pick it up, try something. And I generally don't get stuck too much as like, this is what I'm going to do. Like if I get on the greatest jig bite ever, I still have this array of outfits out because I know I've just learned too much about like when stuff changes, you need that thing to be able to just pick up 
And if it's put away or not tied on, you're less likely to just quickly lean down and grab it. But if it's right there, you're like, let me make a couple casts of the drop shot and just double check. Mm. And that's that's a big, big difference, yeah, mate. Already, already rigged, you're ready to go. Yeah. 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 Um, except, you know, except for the drop shot, that's a stupid technique. Talk about the, like, the passion of the technique, but I've experienced similar passion when I go to a new body of water. Like my yeah. awareness is just so heightened that I, I can just like, you know, really be productive on a new body of water because, you know what I mean? You're just everything. You're just so curious and you're so exciting. You're so aware, you know, exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. And and I, I, I don't, you know, I agree. I'll fish at any level that you guys are fishing, but I, I, I like to write things down with my game plan, like what my yesterday was. Like if I'm researching, looking at Google maps or something, I'll write down on a, even an index card or on my phone, like five things I want to try. Cause if I get out on the water and I get spun out, then I'm like, I mean, I got to, I got to go back to trying these things that when I had a clearer mind last night thinking about this, I can, you know, kind of, you know, adjust my game plan. Obviously if you're on the water and you know, you see the birds working and it falls in your lap, that's mm -hmm. another thing. But most of the time I'm spinning out and I, and I'm like, well, what are those two things I wish I tried, you know, that I thought about when I was laying, you know, looking at my computer or thinking that was a great idea. You know, how come I don't think of it's a great idea right now, but yeah. I, I tend to write them down just to, just to self-control. Yeah. Thing, you yeah. Know? I live on to-do list myself. Yeah. I mean, my, my iPhone, my notes pad, uh, just gets me through everything. But, uh, Carl, I want to, I want to, you know, we're going to be giving away some Hobie sunglasses and, uh, I would like to welcome you to the Hobie eyewear team. <laughs> yep. This is, uh, that's the first announcement. I haven't told anyone yet, but I got a pair on uh, <laughs> right here. And so I'm going to be using, uh, Hobie Eyewear um, in 2023 through the Classic and super excited to join the team. I've been with Hobie um, for most of my, all of my career over here. They're one of the very first um, big sponsors that got behind me. They supported me in Australia, um, been an incredible company to be a part of. And, um, and yeah, it's just a perfect transition into being able to use their eyewear. And um, it's been it's been awesome. They're great to work with. And I didn't just jump in. I made a, a very uh, educated decision. I actually got them a year ago and tested them because eyewear is so important. It's such a big part of what we do. You have to have high end, high quality lenses, especially when it comes to sight fishing and uh, also just be comfortable because we've got them on our heads the whole time. So I got uh I got half a dozen pairs about a year ago and I put them through their paces and uh we come to uh we come here and now with Hobie Eyewear going into the future super excited. Well, I you've had them for a year so I know you love them. We love them. Uh the Sightmaster Plus lens is is one of my faves and uh yeah, just such great great except when i fall in i lose them sometimes <laughs> and not, but... not these ones these ones float <laughs> i know you need the floating ones they yeah float. <laughs> that's that's what that's what i needed um but we're, we're going to be giving away some yeah. stuff what are we giving away so for the like and share it's the mojo float the copper awesome. with sea green mirror lens okay and then for the grand prize we're giving away the mojo float the site master plus pair Ooh. and if you don't get a chance though and bash you we partnered with hobie eyewear and we give all of our members 25 percent off so, so check out your your member benefits on bashu.tv and uh, take advantage you're gonna love them um these are they're amazing eyewear and uh extremely 
effective and if you're a competitive angler it's what you need to have if you haven't liked and share us if you're watching us over on facebook or youtube wherever you're at like it share it um and we're going to be giving away a really cool pair of hobie eyewear as well as at the end of the show we're going to ask you a question about something that was talked about today and uh and it's going to be awesome we're going to be giving away the mojo float maybe not i think i might just keep those yeah um, <laughs> i might need those i'll arm wrestle you for them <laughs> but uh carl man it was so much fun it's always great to have you uh we look forward to our next bash university filming um uh, maybe we can get out on the water with you again this year yeah that'd be good we uh we should get out on chick or one of the real good glide bait lakes and try and actually put some big ones in the boat and you know, been working on different techniques with it. There's always some new stuff, so we can uh, get out there and and uh, show some little tricks and stuff on the glide. That that'd be cool. that'd be awesome. I see Riz drooling over there. What glides on chick? Come on, yes. That, mm -hmm. I think that sounds like a deal. Well, I'll uh, call you. We'll set it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, once again, good luck, man. We'll all be following you, rooting for you, and uh, we'll be there too. Bashy will be there. And uh, hopefully we get to see you hold up the big trophy. <laughs> That'd be wild. I appreciate it, guys. Always uh, enjoy talking fishing with you and have have us on anytime. Look forward awesome, to it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Carl. Classic qualifier, Carl Jacobson. Hey, thank, thank you. Man. Thank you. Uh, that's that's gonna be uh it's gonna be a great classic. I can't wait to to get our whole crew down there and see everybody in Knoxville and uh flash our uh Tennessee colors. Which are the same as Bashu colors. That's right. So come by and see us. If you're a subscriber, make sure you stop by and see us uh, at the Bash University booth. We always have something cool for our subscribers. And uh, we're going to have some uh, great programs. We're going to be filming there as well. Come by and see us. Uh, so and come see us in Anderson this weekend. Yeah. Come on. Tickets are still available. Anderson, South Carolina. I'll rattle off the seminars for you real quick. We got Drew Cook. Drew Benton and Fred Rumbanis uh, on Saturday. And on Sunday, we got John Cruz, Brian Schmidt, and John Murray coming in. Guys, there's going to be some amazing content that we're going to be dishing out. The one that I am most excited about, Pete mentioned that Brian Schmidt is going to be giving a seminar uh, on grass fishing. And that's actually going to be grass fishing south to north, right? Because a lot of guys are good in the grass on Champlain where some guys are good on the grass down in Florida. Well, guess what? Brian Schmidt has gotten it done from as far south as Florida to as far north as Champlain to as far west as the Mississippi River in Wisconsin. So that guy gets it He's done. Killer. Gets it done mm -hmm. in the grass. I love how we have Drew, Drew, and then John, John. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And and so that's going to be a really good one. And the but But the one I'm most excited about, it's also from Brian Schmidt. It is called Stalk and Chase with forward-facing sonar, right? And the premise of that is targeting and chasing and catching individual fish with your forward-facing sonar, whether you use Hummingbird Mega Live, Live Scope, or Active Target. Brian's going to give a seminar on how he effectively identifies bass and catches them individually uh, with his forward-facing sonar. So I'm really, really pumped about that one. And uh, there's going to be so many, so many good ones. I mean, Drew Cook, lipless 365. Drew Cook grinded to the dust. We got Drew Benton talking about how to access, how to how to get his baits in hard-to-reach places. It's going to be some really, really good seminars going out. And uh, I hope to see everybody there. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun, guys. It always is. We love hanging out with you guys. And it's, it's awesome to be able to bring this 
uh, around the country this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be in Gadsden, Alabama, and uh, Athens, Texas as well. Uh, so you want to do the like and share? What, what's you guys are the prize giveawayers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the procedure? Well, we can do we can do the grand prize. I'll uh, I'll say the grand prize question, and uh, we'll let Jocelyn. What's the grand prize the, question? The grand prize question is. What was the first body of water that Carl Jockamson did a cleanup on? What was the first body mm. of water that Carl Jockamson ever did a cleanup on? I don't on? remember Trickery. That. Did mm. you? Hopefully, Rich remembers that. I do. Okay. <laughs> and I do have a like and share winner. Um, our like and share winner is Jeff Grope. Thank it's you, Jeff. Me- and I, Jeff does have a question. Well, not really a question, but he said he has four to six lakes within 10 minutes of his house that are owned by a water company that they don't let people on only if they pay a couple hundred dollars for their pass. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? I, I grant you permission. I hereby, as dean of the Bass University, go fish. Go fish. <laughs> yeah. Go fish. No. Well, I, I you know, they, if they have a pass that gets you access, I mean, the simplest course of action would be to, you know, participate in that, you know, and uh, and go go get that pass. I know we 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 grew up in areas where we got to kind of sneak our way yeah. in and around yeah. places. Hot fences. It, 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 <laughs> if well, if you got a pass to get in, I mean, I'd I'd go for that. That's a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. If it's too expensive, or you you know, I mean, just ask for the, to knock it down. Yeah, you know, I mean, I. I think people would. I do bet that. they'd be willing to yeah. work with or, you. Or, you know, suggest to do a cleanup yeah. uh, of their go. body order with a front bunch of friends and lower mm-hmm. the price. I, asking you know? asking is a great, that's that's a great point, Greg, because I remember there was a, we called it the brick factory, it's a sand wash, mm-hmm. and it was fenced in and no trespassing. Uh, they mined sand to, to make concrete bricks and stuff. And uh, I just walked up to the door and talked to the president of the company and asked him if I could go fish there. Uh, and he said yes, mm-hmm. and uh, just like that, I had access to uh, you know what was an otherwise I'm going to chase you. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have been arrested. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but but yeah, that's that's a yeah. Just add, I would just ask. I would just <clears throat> it, it, you know take you know, the high road. Yeah. Because you know? that that is a sizable uh, entry, but we have other and you know places that man it costs three, four, five thousand dollars a year to gain yeah, access right. to. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, and you hear like you know. The, these reservoirs that are used for drinking water and they flip and companies and they're foreign owned and some of them will allow fishermen, some won't. Yep. Um, I think it takes a community action to talk to the people, say, hey, look, this is part of our culture, part of our community, this body of water. We used to fish here as kids. What can we do responsibly to give access, be part of the solution? Yeah. You know, go to their board meetings, get heard, make noise. Make some noise. Like, we're yeah, making some yeah. noise. Yeah, absolutely. Make some noise. Do you have a winner? Yes. The <laughs> winner is Brett, um, and the correct lake was Gunnersville. First place he cleaned up the was Gunnersville. He cleaned up the bridges. That's right. Cleaned up around the bridges. I, re- so. I, I remember now. Uh, <clears throat> Brett, congratulations. You won a pair of Obi eyewear, the Mojo Float Copper with the C lens. And uh, awesome. Thank you, Hobie eyewear. It's amazing. I wear, like I said, you guys are both going to love what you're going to be receiving here very soon. Guys, we're, uh, it's so awesome to be here with you. We're going to see a lot of you down in Anderson, South Carolina. Get your tickets. Come on down and, uh, and see us down there. And we are going to be back next week with another Bash University Live. We will keep you guys posted. Is there anything that I missed? Nope. Just I can't I wait know. to see you guys. 
Yeah. And, and if hey, if you can't make it to Anderson or any of the classes, it's all available on BashU TV. So go over to BashU.tv, check it out. Uh, we you can try it right now. New year, new you, a dollar for 60 days uh free trial. So go get signed up. There's no reason not to. Yep. Uh, we're making it super easy for you because honestly, it's gonna it's gonna make you a better angler. Yeah, so and it's the time. Check it out. This is the time of the year where you know a lot of us it's still cold. Yeah. You know, it's not the most ideal conditions to fish. And if you're in anywhere north, northeast, west, man, this is the time of year where I get the most out of the product. Honestly. I, mean, I, use it, I use it every I use it all year long. I listen to it on the way to boat ramps, you know, on the way to the tournament. I just get my head in the zone by listening to a seminar on the way to the ramp so that I don't have some stupid song stuck in my head as I'm flipping a jig. <laughs> but um, but this is the time of year where, awesome. you know. Every morning, it's like it's like I'm just I'm picking a new seminar. I put it on. I put it on the Bluetooth speakers in the house and just and just let it roll. And uh, it's amazing the stuff that you'll pull out of seminars, even if it's one that I've listened to 700 times, mm. like Brandon Polinick's Mentally Winning Bass Tournaments. I listen to that seminar over and over and over and over. And some of the stuff that he talks about just gets drilled into my head even deeper where it needs to be. But also, there's times where I pick up on new things, just little, little tiny fragments of information that you reference back to and you have in that piggy bank, you have in that cookie jar for when you're out on the water. It's just another level of confidence that you can go back on. You know, I, I have this this wealth of information from the best anglers in the world, not Johnny Joe on the dock who told me to go throw whatever. Johnny you know, I, it's, it's I'm getting I'm, I'm pulling my my thoughts yeah. from. The guys that are out there doing Rich, the best. So, you're telling right. me you don't want the song Pete's All Wet stuck in your head when you're <laughs> that's oh, that's an exception. It, it, it actually it depends. But man, there is nothing worse than a day where you're struggling to catch them and you got a song by freaking Kesha stuck in your head. And you find yourself singing it. <laughs> that was so weird. It's going through your head and you're like, why, why, why oh. am I not catching fish? And why is this song stuck in my head? So I eliminate that by I just listen to seminars on the way. Download that app. Download the app, man. It's with you 24-7. Download the app. Let's end it there. Well said, (laughs) Rich. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for being here. Special thanks to Justin, uh, new with the Bash University. Awesome to have you. CD, thank you again, my friend. Always always good to have you on the show. And we will have you back, uh, you know, in the near future. And we'll talk about the next steps that are going on in the conservation world and everything else. Guys, thanks for watching. I'm Pete Kluzak for Bass University.